are soon in coming to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can be seated. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious song and song by We sing it. Jesus saw me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God. He to rescue me from danger. He to close this precious love. Oh, in the fold, in the fold, this precious love. Let's sing, come, Lord Jesus. Wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone. 
Well, welcome everyone. My name is Jill. I'm one of our community life pastors here at Christian Assembly Church. It is great to be with you. If you are new or visiting, we also want to extend a very special welcome. And so if that's you, welcome. We're glad that you are visiting. We have a new people's table in the lobby with a free welcome gift. So be sure to stop by that table on your way out after service. And then we also have a connection card in your seat backs. You can fill one of those out as a way of letting us know that you're new and drop that in the offering bags when they come around in just a moment. And one of our pastors would love to follow up with you. And then as always, we want to say a special welcome to all those joining us online. And so if that's you and you're with us online, welcome and we're glad that you're here. We have a few announcements for us today. First, men. We are so excited and would love for you to mark your calendars and join our men's community for the first men's gathering of 2024. It's happening on Wednesday. Love the excitement. Wednesday, January 10th at 7 p.m. right here in our South Sanctuary. It's going to be a great time to worship together, pray together. You're going to have the privilege and honor of getting to hear a teaching from God's Word that's going to be taught by our very own Mark Pickerel, and you'll enjoy time and community with other guys. Plus, you can stick around afterwards for coffee and donuts. So plan to join the guys for that event. And then ladies, our winter session of Women's Bible Study is kicking off the week of January 9th and 10th. We are going to be meeting for six weeks. We're going to be studying the book of Jonah in the Old Testament. So we invite you to join us. We meet across the street on the north side of the street. We meet on Tuesday at nights at 7 p.m. and then Wednesday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Free childcare is available, but you do need to register for childcare on our website. And then we we also have online groups and groups that meet in homes all over Los Angeles on different days and uh, times of the week. We have a class called Partnership coming up, and so whether you are brand new to Christian Assembly or maybe you've been around for years or even decades, Partnership is a great next step towards belonging. So Partnership is a four-week class. It meets on Sunday mornings during the 9 a.m. service. It meets across the street on our North Campus, and Partnership is really just a chance to meet some of our pastoral staff, to learn more about who we are as a church, what we believe, and then how you can get connected and involved. And we also will be serving coffee and a little continental breakfast for that. So would love to see you there. And then lastly, we are excited and already planning for our upcoming new weekend teaching series. It's going to kick off next week. It's a five-week teaching series called Miracle Grow. Uh, God's plan to grow something greater in you. And so if you have ever wondered, is change possible? Could my life change? Could I change? If change is possible, how does that even happen and what does that look like? This series is for you. So each week in this five-week series, we're going to dig into some core principles from God's word and what they have to say to us about how we can grow spiritually. So we invite you to start the new year off strong with us, invite a friend, and join us for that brand new teaching series. Well, now is the time in our service where we get to continue in our worship through the giving of tithes and offerings. In just a moment, we'll pass the offering bags. As always, you can give online through our Christian Assembly LA app or on our website. If you're new or visiting, please feel no obligation to give. And to our Christian Assembly church family, thank you, thank you, thank you for your ongoing giving and generosity. As we prepare our hearts to give, let me remind us what God's word says in Psalm 9:1. It says this, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. And so even as we prepare our hearts to give our tithes and offerings, may we do so with hearts of gratitude and thankfulness for all of God's wonderful deeds. Would you join me as we pray together? Father God, thank you so much for all you've done for us. Thank you for your wonderful deeds, your wonderful works, Lord. Thank you even as we are at the end of a year and coming upon the start of a new year. Thank you for all the good and wonderful works that you have done 
in our lives, in the life of Christian Assembly, Lord, and all around the world this past year, God. And Lord, we just thank you for who you are and all that you have done for us. God, I pray that you would continue to speak to us through this service, continue to speak through your word, Lord, and through our worship. And God, we just give you all the glory and all the praise and all the honor. So we love you, God. We pray this in your great name, Jesus. Amen. The ushers can come forward. Well, church family, so good to be with you on this last Kingdom weekend of the year. My name is Scott, and we're going to celebrate some highlights of what God has done through our Kingdom efforts here in 2023. And I want to start off by giving just a huge thank you to all those who have faithfully given, prayed, and served to see God's Kingdom extended both near and far. And uh, this, you know, this past year we've had 40 different Kingdom partnerships and efforts that are having tremendous impact both locally and globally. So I want to start by sharing some of our global efforts. We have partnerships that are having impact in 25 countries. You can see a map here of all the different countries that we're having impact in, and we're supporting efforts of compassion, evangelism, and discipleship all around the world. We're also able to partner with Compassion International uh, in some projects that are having tremendous impact. We gave $532,000 to fund six clean water, Bible, and discipleship projects, and also give emergency food relief, which impacted over 30,000 people this past year. And uh, that happened in Jesus' name across five different countries. If you were here for our Christmas services, Tom shared uh, a video where you saw some highlights, and we have some exciting uh, projects we're going to do in 2024 as well. We're also reaching out to 35 different unreached people groups through our kingdom partnerships. We have a huge heart as a church to see the least reached, those who have little to no access to the gospel, have an opportunity to hear the good news of Christ. And so through our partnerships, we're reaching out to 35 different unreached people groups, which is really exciting. We also had four global mission teams go out this year, so shout out to anybody who was out on a, a short-term mission trip this year. We had two to Mexico, where we served with La Roca at the ranch, and then we put on a Christmas outreach in December. Our fusion team went to the Czech Republic to serve Ukrainian refugees with Young Life. 
and we had 22 people go to serve with Breakthrough Ministries in the Philippines as well. We also gave uh, to Elon Ministries, and w- which is in the Iran region of the world, and we gave a, a substantial gift to distribute uh, $25,000, or 25,000 Farsi New Testaments in the Iran region. Now, this is a part of the world that's highly persecuted and restricted, and so we're so thankful that the Word of God is being shared in that area of the world. A few highlights this year on the local side. Um, many of you know, as a church, we do an outreach event once a month, and so this year we had 670 people from CA participate in those outreach events and serve with us. Uh, during these outreach events, we were really able to put the love of Christ on display all across the city. And we saw 53 people make commitments to Christ during these outreach events where we preach the gospel at some of these events as well. So we thank God for just the amazing things he's done this year through those who have served. We're also thankful for the ongoing efforts that we have going on. We know that kingdom efforts aren't simply a one-time service event, but it's the way that we live it out in an ongoing way. And so we do that in areas of youth outreach. We have uh, teams that are supporting foster families through our care communities. And we're also caring for people experiencing homelessness as well. Also want to just really emphasize the importance of each of us living a missional lifestyle. Uh, I know so many of you who are living it out in your workplace, leading people to Christ in your neighborhoods and, and putting, on, put, putting uh, God's love on display in your homes and your relationships. And, you know, as important as our kingdom efforts are and what we're doing as a church, it's also so important of how we live that out in our daily lives as well. And so I just want to thank each and every one of you for the way that God has called you specifically to live that out in your sphere of influence. You know, and as we ma- mentioned in past services, You know, we're hearing some of the kind of the bullet points of of the highlights, but we have 60 pages worth of stories of our kingdom partnerships of impact that's happened this year. And so if you haven't had a chance to to grab a copy of your kingdom magazine, um, we have those out in the lobby in the new people's table. And I just really encourage you to read through the magazine, celebrate all that God's done, and continue to pray for our kingdom efforts as a church. Lastly, I want to share just an exciting opportunity we have right around the corner here in 2024. If you want to grow in God's missional calling on your life, really encourage you to join us for the course that we're offering called Perspectives. It's a discipleship course that equips people to co-labor with God in his global purposes. And uh, it's going to be taught by dynamic missional leaders and be starting January 22nd on Monday nights for 16 weeks. We're going to need at least 50 people to have live speakers, and the cost is $240 but there's scholarships available for those 25 and under. So you can find more information in the lobby or online. So church family, let's go ahead and take time now to pray and just thank God for all that he's done this year through our kingdom efforts. Let's pray. Father, we give you all the glory. Lord, this is all about you. And God, what you've done for us, Lord, and we get to respond from what you've done in our lives and participate with what you're doing all around us, Lord. We thank you that you're a God that's moving, that you're a God that's on mission, that you're pursuing your people. God, we thank you for all the ways that you've moved this year, for clean water projects, for people coming to Christ for the first time, for disciples being made, for churches being planted, for the word of God spreading all around the world. And we thank you, Lord, for what we get to be a part of and all that you're doing. God, we look forward to 2024 as well. We pray that you would continue to allow Christian Assembly to be a church that it's a city on the hill, Lord, that you be a, that we'd be a shining light, Lord, to our city and to the nations beyond. And God, I pray especially for those, Lord, who are on the fence, who have not yet taken a step in their missional calling. I pray for faith. I pray for courage. I pray for your love to compel us out everywhere we go. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
Well, now's the time that we get to give uh, the kingdom offering, which goes to support all of our kingdom partnerships and efforts locally and globally. The blue buckets are going to come around. You can give that way or you can give online. Just make sure you select the kingdom offering tab. Thanks so much, church family. Well, uh, I want to say welcome to my CA family, uh, both here in person in the South Sanctuary, Sanctuary and those of you that are watching us online. Uh, if you are a visitor or a guest, my name is Ralph, and we're so honored that you are with us. Uh, I want to also wish everybody a, a post-Merry Christmas. Christmas is only a couple days behind us, but I hope everybody had a, a lovely Christmas. My wife got me a pull-up bar. I'm not sure if she's trying to send me a message. Uh, I suppose she could have got me a gym membership or something, but I'll have to ask her. Um, well, I have the privilege of sharing God's word with us this weekend on New Year's Eve weekend. It's the last weekend of 2023. Like, right? Like, wasn't there something called COVID going on a few years ago that changed all of our lives? But here we are on the cusp of 2024. I imagine that among us, there's a real wide variety of opinions about a new year, going into a new year. Maybe uh, you're somebody who, when a new year happens, you get really excited. You think about all the ways you want to change, all the new things that you want to do, that fresh page, that clean slate. And maybe for others, you're a bit more subdued or ambivalent about a new year. You used to get excited, but then after uh, several disappointments or, and frustration with unsustainable goals, a new year for you might just be another page on your calendar. Uh, a friend of mine recently sent me a meme that shows the futility of staying on track with goals and plans uh, for change. It said, it amazes me how much exercise and extra fries sound alike. <laughs> Amen to that. The reality is that with some things, we're able to stick to our goals and our plans for change. And other times and with other things, we might struggle. The Apostle Paul confirmed this battle that we all face when it comes to doing what's best for us. Romans 7.15 says, I don't understand what I do. This is Paul the Apostle writing this. These are his words. I don't understand what I do. What I want to do, I don't do. And the things I hate, I do. The problem is clear, that in our own strength, Apart from God's help, you and I, we're just not able to sustain the change that leads to fruitfulness in certain areas of our lives. Where do you need some fruitfulness in your life? Is it in your relationship with God? Is it in your work or your schooling? Maybe it's in your marriage, your family, your finances. Maybe you need fruitfulness and change with some of your habits so long-standing that they've become addictions. Or maybe where you most need fruitfulness is overcoming constant worry and fear and anxiety over life. Wherever it is, if you're a Christ follower, the Bible has really good news. You see, when we put our faith in Christ, we receive not only salvation, 
but we receive from God fruitfulness, grace for, fruitful, for fruitfulness in our lives. Today I want to look at what Jesus taught about fruitfulness in the parable of the sower and how God's grace is for fruitfulness for you and for me. Let's look at Luke chapter 8, verses 5 and 8. The scriptures are on the side screens and also in your bulletins. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was, on, uh, as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some of the seed fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked out the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. And when he had said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let him listen. Now, whenever Jesus gives us these words, let them listen, whoever has ears to hear, let them listen, what he's really saying to us is pay attention. This is important. Listen with reflection. This has implications, big implications for your life. So before we go any further, let's pray and ask God to help us to listen with reflection to his words about his grace for fruitfulness in our lives. Well, Father, thank you for your word and thank you for your grace. Father, we pray and ask that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to understand the things that you want us to hear tonight. Lord, may our lives be changed in sitting with you and hearing your word. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, after inviting his listeners to listen and reflect, Jesus goes on to reveal the deeper meaning of the parable. Luke 8, 11 to 12, he says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God, and those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes, and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. So Jesus starts off his explanation by letting us know that the seed is the word of God. Now the word of God is God-breathed. It does not return void. It will never pass away. It will never change. So I think we can agree the seed is good. Now, Bible commentators say that the sower is Jesus because in another parable, the parable of the wheat and tares, Jesus said, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. So we know the seed is good. We know the word of God is good. And the sower, Jesus, is good. The only other variable in the story is the soil, which verse 12 tells us represents our hearts. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Think about that. Guard your heart, for everything that you do flows from it. Jesus will explain the four different types of soil, which is really the four different types of hearts. 
And as he does, listen and reflect which soil best describes your heart. He starts with the soil on the path. Now for farmers to get to their fields, they would take a path along the outer edges of of the farm, of the plot of land, to avoid stepping on the crops. And after much use, the soil on the path would get hard, really hard. If anyone here has ever hiked any of our local mountains, you know that a path can get as hard as rock. Paths can turn into concrete. Now the soil on a path represents a person with a hard heart. God's words sown on a hard heart, like seeds sown on a path, are easily snatched away before they can become fruitful. So how do human hearts get hardened? For some, it's sin. Sin can cause hearts to grow hard, especially continual, unrepentant sin. There's a pastor, Mark Brennan, who says, a hard heart is one never plowed by conviction, never cultivated with any kind of self-searching, self-examination, honest assessment of guilt, or authentic repentance. For others, a hard heart happens by prideful living. This is an attitude of thinking that your way of doing life is better than God's. I have been guilty of that in my life. For others still, your hard heart isn't a result of ongoing sin or pride, but it's a result of suffering some kind of big setback or disappointment, an unmet expectation in which your life turned to hopelessness or despair. Whatever may have caused your heart to become hardened, know this, hear this. Jesus isn't pointing out hard hearts to condemn. Rather, he's wanting to open your eyes. He's wanting you to ask, where am I allowing my hard heart to keep me from the sweet fruit of God's grace? for salvation, for forgiveness, for hope. Let's look at the second heart condition in verse 13. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. Now rocks can hinder growth in roots, or stop them from forming altogether. If any of you here have a backyard and you've ever tried to plant something in it, you know that rocky soil can keep roots from growing deep. So the rocky ground represents a person with a shallow heart. Jesus tells us these are the people whose roots never grow deep because in times of testing, they fell away. Have you ever fallen away? Have you ever given up, opted out, or maybe gone back to an old way of living? Sometimes we as Christians can be deceived into thinking that we're never going to have to go through a test or a trial. 
Because tests and trials can often feel like the exact opposite of what we think being uh, in Christ should look like. But the purpose of tests is to produce the fruit of growing faith, freeing us from bondage, increasing our dependency on God, and making us look more like Jesus. Leonard Ravenhill, he's an evangelist. He said this, if you want to be like Jesus, remember that he had a wilderness, a Gethsemane, and a Judas. When Jesus was tested in the wilderness, he endured by standing on God's word with every temptation. You know what he said. It is written. This is one of the best ways for you and me to endure the tests that we face in our homes, in our workplaces, our schools, and more. It's standing on God's word. But we can't stand on his word if we don't know his word. And we can't know his word if we don't spend time in his word. I've gotten through some of the most painful and challenging seasons of my life because of the daily habit of being in God's word and prayer. As a matter of fact, one day my wife saw me at our little breakfast table with my coffee, my Bible, my journal, getting ready to start what for me is a ritual. She walked past me as she was heading off to go wherever she was going, and she said, enjoy your cup of coffee with Jesus. Are you having any long, slow, meaningful cups of coffee with Jesus? As you head into 2024, are there any practices God wants you to develop that will help you to endure the tests and trials that may come your way? Or maybe a test and trial that you're in the middle of right now. Maybe for some it's the habit of a daily reading. Maybe for others it's joining a life group, women's Bible study group, or committing to be at this year's men's and women's retreats and gatherings. Whatever habits that you need to develop to help you to endure, know that God's grace is available for you. Now, that doesn't mean that, we, uh, that God does it all, but it also doesn't mean we need to make it all happen on our own. We can't just say, well, God does it, so if I can't endure, that's God's fault. Jan and I will be married for 28 years in February, but I have to tell you, and I've shared this before in other settings, there were times in those first several years in our marriage that I just wanted to give up and quit. But thankfully, I knew what the word said, and I held on. And I'm so glad that I didn't quit because I wouldn't have experienced the fruitfulness that came as a result of staying married, learning, and growing as a husband. Where have you not endured where have you wanted to quit? Is it in your marriage, a job, school? Maybe it's quitting on yourself. 
Jesus isn't condemning the person who falls away in times of testing. He's inviting, he's encouraging you to receive his grace, to keep going so that you can experience the fruit that only happens when you endure. Let's move on to the third heart condition in verse 14. The seed that fell among the thorns stand for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked out by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and so they don't mature. The thorny soil was most likely, it was the soil in the corners of the field where the plow, that big unwieldy plow, couldn't reach. And as a result of being uncultivated, the soil became overgrown with weeds and thorns. Now, seeds can start to grow, and they can start to take root where weeds are present, but they often can't compete for the nutrients, and they end up getting choked out. The thorny soil represents people with a crowded heart. Now, people in Jesus' day, they were a lot like us, worried and anxious over many things that crowd out our time with him. This can be seen in the story of Martha and Mary, one of my favorite stories in Scripture. Jesus and his disciples were on their way, and they went and visited Martha and Mary. These were the sisters of Lazarus. Now Mary sat at the Lord's feet. She was listening to what Jesus said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made, she came to him and asked, rather accusingly, Lord, don't you care that my sisters left me to do all the work by myself? You tell her to come and help me. Now let's think about this. Do you think that when Jesus walked in the door, he gave her a list, a to-do list? Hey, me and my team are here do this. Do you think he gave those things to Martha? Things that would keep her from him? Do you think Jesus would ever put so much on your plate that it would keep you from him? Corey Tenboom, who hid Jews during the Holocaust, she said, If the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Martha might have been thinking this as she was getting frustrated watching Mary, her sister, sit and appear to do nothing while she sat at Jesus' feet. She might have been thinking, I can't, I can't leave this. If I sit at Jesus' feet, I won't get all the other stuff done. But Jesus might have been thinking, that's nothing compared to the fruit that won't be grown in your life if you don't stop and sit at my feet. Listen to how Jesus responds to Martha. Martha, Martha. 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 You're worried. You're upset about a lot of stuff. There's only a few things that are needed. Actually, Martha, it's just one thing. And Mary has chosen what is better. And it won't be taken away from her. 
I want to point out, Jesus clearly loved Martha, and Martha clearly loved Jesus. His response wasn't a rebuke. It was more of an invitation, something like, Martha, Mary's chosen the better thing, and you can too. Where might your life be cluttered by things that keep you from Jesus? Where might God be inviting you to say no to something or someone to create the space to say yes to the better thing of time with Jesus? Now, if you're anything like me, you can read this passage and think, hey, if Jesus showed up in my house, in my living room, I would absolutely drop everything I was doing to make time for him. Well, the reality is, he has showed up. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He has shown up. But do you and I make time for him, or are we more like Martha? Martha was in this vicious cycle that looked something like this, worried and upset about many things, therefore, no time for Jesus. No time for Jesus, therefore not experiencing the fruit of his calm, loving presence, and because worried and upset, now go to Jesus to accuse, not to sit at his feet. But the vicious cycle can be broken and exchanged for a virtuous cycle that looks something like this. Choosing time to be with Jesus, his words, his promises, his teachings, they give us peace. Not to mention they build our faith and grow our relationship with him from acquaintance to friend. And because you're less worried, now you choose to slow down and sit and listen again. Jesus isn't condemning anyone. He isn't condemning you if you have a cluttered heart. Rather, he wants you to be thinking this thought. What am I missing out on today if I don't sit at Jesus' feet? After explaining the first three heart conditions which hinder fruitfulness, Jesus finishes his explanation with the kind of heart that does produce a crop. Verse 15, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart who hear the word, retain it, and persevere, producing a crop. Good soil is the soil that isn't hard, isn't full of rocks, or full of thorny weeds. Soil that produces a crop is cultivated. Jesus is telling us that fruitfulness flows out of a cultivated heart, which leads to an important question. So how exactly are our hearts cultivated? By choosing the better thing of spending time with the sower, he's the one who can cultivate your heart and mine. John 15, 5 says this, I am the vine, this is Jesus talking, I am the vine, you are the branches. 
If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. The cultivation of our hearts that leads to fruitfulness happens when we remain connected to Jesus. In John 15, 3, Jesus tells us that his words that prune and purify us, remaining in his word and love, cultivates our hearts. Paul said this in Hebrews 4 about the word. The word of God is alive, it's active, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Paul used words like active, sharp, penetrating. These are words that sound like a plow. God's word is like a plow that can cultivate any kind of soil, any kind of heart. Jeremiah 23, 29 says, Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that does what? Breaks rock in pieces. Fire and hammer, those aren't things to punish. In God's hands, they are to cultivate. Do you know how some farmers sometimes get rid of weeds? They burn them. God's word is like a fire that burns away the weeds of clutter that occupy our hearts. This passage in Jeremiah also tells us that God's work is like a hammer. Has anyone here ever had to break up some concrete, an old patio maybe? A sledgehammer will do that. God's word can break up those places in our hearts that have become hardened and therefore bring us fruitfulness. When you and I choose the better thing of spending regular time with Jesus, those areas of our heart that are hard, rocky, cluttered, they're being cultivated day after day after day after day. They're being prepared for fruitfulness by the sower. Each new day, you and I get to choose. Mary chose to be with Jesus and listen to his words. And Jesus' invitation to you today is that with his help, you can choose the better thing too. Alex, would you please come and join me? Now, Matthew's gospel concludes that the parable of the sower he concludes the parable of a sower a little bit differently than Luke's gospel. Matthew 13, 23 says this, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Now I used to wonder why the distinction why 30, 60, 100? What, what does that mean? There were times I just read over that. But the Lord had me reflect on my own life for the answer. 
I've loved Jesus for over 40 years. 43, to be exact. But over those years up to the present, he has shown me areas of my heart that are still a bit hard, some areas that are still a bit shallow, and some areas of my heart that are still a bit cluttered. I'm still in process, and you probably are too. We can think, well, I'm only one of the four soils. I'm all hard soil, or I'm all shallow soil, or cluttered soil, or I'm all good soil. But the reality is that we might be good soil, experiencing fruitfulness in some areas of our lives, and a different kind of soil with less fruitfulness in others. For example, maybe it's easier for you to trust God in something like generosity and giving, but harder in others like loving your wife the way Christ loves the church or forgiving others. The soil or the condition of your heart in those areas might be restricting fruit because of its hardness. If you're anything like me, you're probably experiencing fruitfulness in some areas, not in others. But according to Jesus' words, our fruitfulness can grow to greater levels. And whatever level of fruitfulness you have, I want to encourage you to continue choosing the better thing of regular time with Jesus. And as you do, the sower will break up those remaining areas of your heart that are hard. He'll help you to endure in tests, and he'll help you to get decluttered. God is so good, and he loves you. This parable is about the grace of God for fruitfulness in your life. He wants that. God has great grace for hearts for any who put their faith in Jesus. I'm going to close with reading this passage from Ezekiel. Listen to how good God is with hearts. I will give them an undivided, uncluttered maybe, heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone, hard or stony heart, and I will give them a heart of flesh, a cultivated heart. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people, and I will be their God. Let's pray. Jesus, Thank you for being good. Thank you for sowing good seeds in our hearts. Thank you that it is your grace that fruitfulness would be ours. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we pray that as we've heard your word, as we've listened and reflected, God, would you seal these words in our heart? Would you cause them to be fruitful 
in our lives as we move into 2024. Jesus, would you help us to choose the better thing? You are so available. You are so God with us. God, help us to set aside those things that keep us from you. And God, might we bear much fruit, more fruit, and greater fruit as we move into 2024. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.